So Money episode 356, So Money Millennial, Victoria Raitano. You're listening to So Money with award-winning money guru, Farnoosh Torabi. Each day, get a 30-minute dose of financial inspiration from the world's top business minds, authors, influencers, and from Farnoosh herself. Looking for ways to save on gas or double your double coupons? Sorry, you're in the wrong place. Seeking profound ways to live a richer, happier life? Welcome to So Money. So Money is brought to you today by Mile IQ, the number one mileage tracker app. More than a million Americans trust Mile IQ to automatically log their drives every day. It's the only mileage tracker app that detects, logs, and calculates your drives for you automatically. It's incredibly easy to use and keeps all of your drives securely stored in the cloud. The average Mile IQ user logs 547 bucks a month in drives. That's $6,000 a year in miles you could be claiming. The app has a five-star rating both in Google Play and iTunes app stores, so stop wasting time manually tracking your miles and stop losing money that you should be redeeming. MyLike You does all the work, letting you focus on what's actually important, like your business and driving. You can download the MyLike You app for free and start your free trial right away. Here's how you do it. Text so money one word, to 31996. You're going to get a 40-dry free trial. Create an account this week, though, and you'll get 20% off an annual plan. Standard messaging and data rates apply, so keep that in mind. And just text so money to 31996 for a 40-dry free trial, and then the 20% discount applies if you create an account this week. Welcome to So Money, everyone. I'm your host, Farnoosh Tarabi. Guess what? Uh, It's my birthday. And what better way to kick off my birthday week than to celebrate the young people in this country that are out there taking names, changing the world, and so passionate. And many of you are our listeners on So Money. And so I'm very honored to dedicate this entire week to you and to inspire everybody else. We've done this before, and it was very successful looking at some of the most remarkable young people in this country as they manage their money, manage their careers, find their purpose in life. And so back by popular demand, we're dedicating this entire week to those of us born in 1980, that's me, or after. It's So Money Millennial Week. And for months, I've been searching for bright, talented, and so money 20 and 30-somethings. And I'm excited to say that we have an incredible lineup for you. So stay tuned all week. Today, a young woman that I met about eight years ago, and she had just graduated from college, had stars in her eyes, and she reached out, said, hey, remember me? And of course I did. Victoria Raitano is now the CEO and lead consultant at her own company, Creative Vix Media, a digital agency based in New York City, and it's dedicated to making social media manageable for all. Her nickname is Vix. The two of us actually met during one of my talks at Time Inc. way back when. So hear us catch up, learn how she transitioned from corporate to entrepreneurship, and how she's earning six figures all before the age of 30. Here is Vix Raitano, our So Money Millennial Part 1. Victoria Raitano, welcome to So Money, So Money Millennial Vix, as they call you. And you and I actually have a history. We met about, oh gosh, eight, seven, eight years ago. I, yeah. I, I came to Time Inc. where you were working to give a little chat about managing your money in your 20s in New York. 
I had just come off writing my first book, You're So Money, and we kept in touch. And here you are kicking some major arse. <laughs> Thank you. Lady. Let's 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 catch our listeners up. Okay. So at the time you were working at Fortune Small Business and you were a little, you know, you were like, I know there's more out there for me as every you know, not everyone, but many of my listeners, you know who you are. We have that voice in our head that's like, you're destined for better. Hundred <laughs> percent. There's more out there. <laughs> but how do you actually make it happen? And so today. You are running your own business. You're a six-figure woman. Um, your your niche is social media and, I guess, online marketing somewhat? Yeah, yeah. digital media marketing. Digital like media marketing. And is this where you thought you would land? I think in the in, in the middle years, I also saw you on the Today Show at one point. So you, I feel like you're just somebody who was just out there, eager, hungry, do it, I'll do it, I'll learn, maybe it, I'll fail, but I'm going to get somewhere bigger and better, and you did. Thank you. Yeah. I mean, you know, in the middle years, I, I graduated with a print journalism degree in 2010. Um, I was an intern when we met. So, you know, when I graduated with that degree, I really had absolutely um, no idea that I would end up where I ended up, mainly because the day I started interning was the day that Lehman Brothers closed. Um, so, you know, to me, that was such a crazy time. We thought all newspapers were going to fold. Of course, some still exist, but I really threw myself into digital. Um, and, you know, I always had a hustle and a side hustle because that's what the beauty of digital is. You don't have to work one job. You can work, you know, when I was building this company, um, I was working from, I would go to SoulCycle because that's my like obsession. Um, and then I would, you know, work from seven to nine, go to actual work and then come home and work from seven, you know, six thirty, seven o'clock till eight, nine o'clock at night and start all over. Um, and sometimes it was, it was a lot. It's not an easy path, but now that I'm on the other side with my own company and, um, you know, kind of two facets of my own business, it, it's great. It's a wonderful, it's a wonderful thing to be in. But what, what I focused on first was that, um, the really important thing was that I needed to make sure that I understood all different parts of the business in order to really succeed. And that was something that I focused on. That's why I ended up on the Today Show and, you know, at Live with Kelly and Michael and NBC um, and also telepictures at one point. Yeah. So your experience working for these big brands, these big production houses and TV shows was what gave you the street cred, right? And also, but you had to work there to really understand the dynamic. Totally. Yeah. So like when I was, I was working at a trade publication when I got on the Today Show in August of 2011. Um, but I was also at the same time serving as a managing editor for a website that was focused on college women. Um, and I had just come out of college. So I felt like, okay, I could do this. I can write for these women. I was, you know, I am these women. Um, so I was doing that. And then we started a Twitter chat and that's kind of when Twitter was just taking off. Um, so really people were, it was like the wild west. Um, and when I got this email from them, I was like, wow, that's crazy. You know, I, I never expected that and it worked out. And then, you know, a few months later, I applied to be a digital producer at Live with Kelly and Michael, um, you know, Live with Regis and Kelly that transitioned. But I actually didn't think that I would get the job. So I applied for graduate school because I was ready to take on more loans because I figured that was the best way to get to the job that I wanted. Um, and then ironically, I, got, I mean, I, I don't know if that's the right word, but I got the job because I knew all these different social networks like that was 
you know, besides my writing skills, like I can edit video, I can create websites, um, I can code, you know, and I think that that's the most important. If I could give millennials one piece of advice, it's to continue to learn just because, you know, maybe your six figure degree didn't get you where you want to be. That doesn't mean that there aren't hundreds of resources out there for you to figure out how to do things and also like how to find a career that you really love. Like I love digital media and I know that that's kind of a, uh, charged statement because I think it, it stresses a lot of people out. Um, but at the end of the day, it, it's what allows me to continue to succeed. So I think that that's a very powerful thing. Two things that I think I would love to focus on. One is while you are working full time, you had the side hustle, which was what I did too. And it not coincidentally, um, is what many successful entrepreneurs did in order to really figure out what it is they wanted to do independently and then go and do it full time. You have to experiment with something. What was that experimental phase like? You said it wasn't easy. So paint the picture for us. What were you doing? You're coming home from work and then how are you maximizing your time? Because also, Victoria, you've, you've been very successful, I would say pretty quickly. You know, yeah, you take, definitely. You, you move fast. So I want to know maybe some tips for how to, besides continue learning, like specifically what, how did you use your time outside of your nine to five to advance? And then when did you know you could quit? So the way I used my time really started early on. Like, you know, I had one of my, you know, your first few jobs, they're maybe not as taxing as they are in your late 20s. So in my early 20s, I was really focused on using my extra time. So I would tweet in the morning, you know, when I was on the elliptical or um, when I was commuting, I would focus on like talking about different things, getting into conversations, following what I like to call um, my top five. And you actually are one of my five now. Um, Farnoosh, you are Aww. one of my five. <laughs> so what you do is you find people who you want to be when you grow up social media wise. That's what I did. And I felt like you can really do this with anything. I mean, if you find five people in any industry and you, you know, model what they do, you can do that. So I would really focus on writing blogs. I was guest posting. Um, I was just doing everything that I could in the downtime. You know, my first job was I was working from home because I worked for Patch. Um, So there were a lot of hours in the day that I kind of had time to multitask. It's a lot about project management. And I never realized that until I went to an agency, which was my last job. Um, And, you know, I'm a digital producer. That's how I always see myself because I produce digital content. Um, And, you know, my one of the people I worked with was like, no, well, you're also a project manager, but I'm just organized. Like I, you know, I have a to do list. Like I was really focused. I built vision boards. I know that that may sound a little woo woo um, but that was something that really pushed me forward because I was like, OK, this is what I want in six months, in a year. Um, and I did everything in my power to make it happen, even if it meant not going out like I was focused on the two things that were most important to me was creating a solid foundation to build a business and staying in shape mentally and physically. So for me, as a creative person, to be to continue to be creative, you have to be on your game mentally. Um, and that means a lot of different things for different people. Like I also trained for a half marathon while I was doing this. Um, and the way that I you know, I just batch posted. So I would sit on a Sunday. I used to call it like either Super Sunday or Super Saturday where I would come up with, and I still do this now, I would come up with five, six, seven, eight topics that I wanted to blog about. Now I do video posts. So I just 
put the camera on and film. Um, and, and, you know, I've really gotten it down to a science so I can create a blog post in maybe 45 minutes. That's super fast, but I've always been fast. And I think if you train yourself, it's like anything else. If you train yourself, then you know how much time it takes you and then you can accurately plan. It's all about, and this is something that I talk about with my private clients, with my friends, with anyone who asks, it's all about having a plan and the systems in place to execute the plan. I totally did what you did, which was I used Sundays also as my super Sunday, my work day. Yeah. Easier to do when you're a millennial, young, yes. un- <laughs> unhinged, not a parent. I didn't even have a goldfish or anything to like be accountable to. It was just me so I could be really uh, selfish with my own time. And I would just crank out four to five to six articles or at least outlines of articles that I was freelancing for the local paper while working a nine to five job. And those articles later became the, I guess, the the beginnings of the book, You're So Money, Live Rich Even When You're Not. So uh, I've, I've been there, been there, done that. And you know what it is? It's, it's, it's challenging. Like it's not, you know, it's not great, especially when you're young. Like I also have nothing that relies on me to stay alive because I can't even keep a plant alive. Um, so, you know, I think that it's, it's hard to say to your friends, no, I can't come out tonight. Like, but at the end of the day, you know, saying no a few times and then being able to say yes to yourself, like being selfish. You know, people often think that when you're building your business, you're being selfish in the wrong way. But I think successful people are selfish in the right way. Um, and I don't think it's as dirty of a word as as it has become. I think it should be a positive thing. Like you have to choose yourself and your priorities to really move forward. Okay. We're, we're going to go to the so money questions in, in just a second. But first, do a little quick analysis of my social media. You know, I'm one of those people who I understand the value of social media. I'm active on Twitter. I'm active on Facebook. I I get Instagram. I enjoy Instagram. I, I'm there, but I'm not there a lot. And I probably don't hashtag as strategically as I should. And I'm not on Blab and I'm not on Periscope as much as I would like to be. I, I'm like one of those, one of your clients that's like, enough is enough. You know, yeah. like I need to just focus on the few ways to get out there, not all of them, but then there is this pressure to be everywhere all the time. There is. Um, so two things. I think you do a great job. Um, I think your Twitter is is really robust. And I think that you do, quote unquote, the right things. Like you make sure that there is a period in front of the ad symbol. If you're just talking to someone, um, you use, you know, three or less hashtags, which has been proven to increase engagement. Um, you also use short links, which is really important. The, the one thing I think you could probably do on your Twitter, which is hard because this is something that you have to do, is kind of engage with some more like, quote unquote, influencers. Um, I find that influencers is a great play because then it's work that's done for you. Um, so, for example, um, when this particular podcast goes live, like I'll share it and then that'll increase my network. And, you know, I think a lot of times I'm sure your guests do that. And I think that that's helpful. Um, the thing about your Instagram is you do, it's, you have great pictures, which is, you know, the first, the first battle (laughs) of Instagram is to have really pretty pictures, but you can totally hashtag a lot more than you are. Um, what I think you do really well, and, and this is something that's often a struggle is that, you use hashtags in the conversation of your post. Um, it's hard to explain that to people, but I think that that's a great way to kind of 
get started. Um, the other thing that's really important is to, it's great to make up your own hashtags. And I think a lot of yours have great weight, but it's even more important to use hashtags that are, um, that have, that are heavy, as I like to say. So, you know, um, motivation Monday or things like that. Like you could even do something for throwback Thursday from your old, from an older book. And you could just do a quote from the older book drive to, Mm. you know, this, the buy page that's to me is like, you know, a lot of people are very literal, like throwback Thursday does not have to be a fuzzy photo that you stole from your mother's at Christmas. It can be, (laughs) you know, it can be something that has to do with who you are. Like a lot of times I'll throw back to old popular posts or posts that maybe I feel didn't get as much play as they should have. Um, and I do that on my business pages more often than not. Um, I think for you, and and I kind of struggle with this, you know, having a personal page and also a business page is, is a challenge. You don't have enough time to do one. You can't do two. So I think you do a great job because I think that you post, you know, on your pages, you are a personality, you're a public figure. And I think that that looks great. Um, but yeah, no, I mean, I'm like, I know, I know you are looking for some negative stuff. The only you're thing being too I nice. Say, you're being I know, nice but I'm nice. This is, that's what works. Um, no, but I will say not as many hashtags and more um, tags on Facebook. Hashtags on Facebook to me can be a little bit messy yeah. um, unless you want to use one that's like a trending topic. So when I was at Meredith Vieira, for example, um, that story about, you know, the women who were talking about their own um, struggles with uh, sexual assault was was trending. And we ended up sharing a particular clip about that. So again, it's not the same topic. But if you know that something like, let's say if the Fed changed the interest rate or something to write about that and then connect to that hashtag would be, you know, a a great use of hashtags on Facebook, because then it's trending. Um, But using regular hashtags on Facebook, like hashtag TBT doesn't always work. It's better to use something that's maybe like a national And now like National Coffee Day got me almost 2000 views on a video um, when I only had 89 followers. Wow. So that was, well, yeah, that was like, that's really the thing. big takeaway for me is that to really capitalize on existing trends. Right. Um, and if I can't think of something fun to post, well, maybe I just sort of like follow the pack and that can end up getting me some new eyeballs and new engagement. So that's, right. that's good. Thank and- you. Yeah. And like, lastly, the only other thing I would say that I try to do is like make 5% of the posts about your personality, because I think that that's what people really want on social behind the scenes. Isn't just for celebs. It's for all of us. We're all talent, um, in a way. And that's kind of what I refer to my celebs as talent, because I think that makes a little bit more sense for them. Like they're a brand, but also a person. So that changes how you talk about yourself and about other things. Do you think we should all be considering ourselves talent? Even if we are, you know, gainfully employed at a big pharma or a nine to five, you know, we're just, we feel we're just, um, you know, rank and file. But truthfully, in this day and age, in this economy, you have to sort of look at yourself as this master piece of intellectual property. Yeah, I actually did some research on that. Um, and I found came across the word careerpreneur. Um, and that's definitely what I would classify myself as, you know, I tripled my salary in four years working the nine to five, or really the 10 to eight. <laughs> like, I don't think anybody really works nine to five anymore. Um, but you know, I, I feel like it's really important because I got recruited. So I, you know, for my last two jobs, people found me. I didn't even apply. Um, So, you know, I I think that that's true. As an entrepreneur, you want people to find you online. But it's even more important when you're in a career because there is always a ceiling for money. Um especially if you, you don't want to work a side job or some, some people can't, you know, there are cer- certain contracts where you're 
restricted. Um, so, you know, you want to have something where you could say, look, you know, these people want, want me because I have a great presence. And I think that much like most of the talk shows, um, and local news, even, you know, I, I think journalists had it right. They created brands before they went to brands. Um, and I think businesses, you know, businesses are looking for influencers from within. So like Coca-Cola could pay an influencer six figures to take an Instagram photo, but wouldn't they rather use somebody who they're already paying six figures to be their head of marketing to push it out the same way. I think it gives you a lot more when you come to the table to negotiate, especially as big companies start to understand the power of influencer marketing. Um, And I don't even think that they truly understand that power. And also, you know, Twitter followers, Twitter followers are worth a lot of money. And I don't think people really understand that yet. Um, I think as we, the millennials, move further along in our careers and become management, I think that that's when the shift will happen. Amen, sister. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right, let's do some so money fill in the blanks. I really want to pick your brain now about money and find yeah. out if maybe our little talk eight years ago about <laughs> being so money <laughs> made an impact. And uh, you're very good at making money. Let's talk about also saving and spending. First, let's start with your money philosophy, Vix. What's your money mantra? There's always more money to be made. Yeah, there is. So now that you have amassed more money than you ever thought at this stage in your life, what's motivating you to make more next? You know, I I have this this mantra beside that one that I use where it's like money loves me and and you know, it comes down to the fact that I want an apartment. I want to get rid of my student loans. I just, you'll be happy. I just paid off one recently at the end of the year. Um, and you know, I, what's motivating me is that I want so much more from life than the cards held for me. I'm a print journalism major who should have topped out at 40,000. Um, and that was never okay for me. So I think what's motivating me is just, you know, breaking the mold and I'm really standing up for my story. And my story is not going to be one of a lifetime of debt. Time now to shed some light and say thank you to one of our sponsors on the show today, Wix.com. Need a website? Why not do it yourself with Wix.com? No matter what business you're in, Wix.com has something for you. Used by more than 75 million people worldwide, Wix.com makes it easy to get your website live today. You need to get the word out about your business. It all starts with a stunning website. With hundreds of designer-made, customizable templates to choose from, the drag-and-drop editor, and even video backgrounds, there's no coding needed. You don't need to be a programmer or designer to create something beautiful. You can do it yourself with Wix.com. The site empowers business owners to create their own professional websites every day. When you're running your own business, you're bound to be busy. Too busy. Too busy worrying about your budget. Too busy scheduling appointments. Too busy to build a website website for your business. And because you're too busy, it has to be easy. And that's where Wix.com comes in. With Wix, it's easy and free. Go to Wix.com to create your own website today. What was your money story growing up, Vic? So what was your foray into the financial world as a kid? Talk about a money memory that stands out. A money memory. Oh, goodness. Um... Well, I always worked. Both of my parents are entrepreneurs. My mom is an attorney. Um, I grew up in New York, so I think the hustle is, you know, ingrained in in us. Um, and my father worked a family business as well. Um, you know, for me, it was it was always hard work. Work, you know, hard work equals 
money that you need to survive. And and money is not something to be worshipped. That was never what we thought of, but we just figured, okay, we're going to keep working and we'll have nice things and you work to have nice things. Um, my earliest money memory is I was doing billing for my mom. I was about, I had to be between nine and 10 because um, I was always ahead of the game and uh, she needed some help. One of her secretaries was out. So I was doing billing for her and I started to realize like how much of her time cost money. Like, cause obviously she's a lawyer, she bills hourly. Um, so I started to realize like, oh wow, that's a lot of time. Like to make the money that you need, it takes a lot of your time. And that I think has always moved forward with me, um, whether it was about salary or about, you know, my own freelance rates. I just started to realize that if you're going to do something, you know, it should be worth it. You have to figure out how much money your time is worth because time is much more valuable uh, than money will ever be. Do you have employees? I do. Um, I actually have an intern, which I'm excited about. And I have, uh, I work with a VA firm to handle like my calendar scheduling. And I also have a answering service to pick up my phone calls. What do you outsource? Oh, sorry. oh speaking of. Sorry. <laughs> um, Is that your pizza? Uh, no, it's my mail. Oh. <laughs> My mailman knows me very well. Uh, he knows I'm home. He knows I'm here. So. Working from home. That's the yes. good life. It is the good life. Uh, someday I hope to... Oh, God. Hold on one second. I'm sure. so sorry. I'm back. Sorry. That's okay. Let's talk about failure, Vix. When was a time in your millennial life that you experienced a so-called financial fail? Hashtag fail. Mm. I uh, took a salary that I thought would be more money. But because it was based on a 65-hour week, it was not more money. Um, and I was only in that job for a few months because I realized, again, how important and valuable your time is. Um, and, and I, you know, it was hard because I, I wasn't always so great at negotiating. Now, having my own company, I'm much better at it. Um, but in the beginning, it was it was a struggle to figure out you know, how much do I want this job? How much do I want to be out of my other job? Like I had five jobs, uh, six jobs in five years. So for me, it was always like the thrill of, it's like dating, right? It's like the first six months, it's the honeymoon period, right? It's, it is like sweet dating. Um, but it's like that honeymoon period and that rush of like, is he going to call? What's this going to be like? You know, I've kind of treated my, my career has always been the thing that made me the most excited. Um, and that's, kind of what I focused on. So that was a failure because I felt like I'm so good at what I do. And yet I was willing to take less than what I deserve. So I was actually kind of embarrassed about that. Um, and then I realized it is what it is. You have no choice, you know, you move forward. Um, and that's, I did a lot of freelancing there too. Cause I was like, there's more money to be made. I can fix this. And that's how I fixed it. Did you ever ask for more? I have asked for more. Um, I've asked for more and been told generally the way that I've done that is I always would ask for more um, when I had another job in my pocket so that if they said no, you know, I, I use that as a negotiating tactic. Um, I've asked for more. Generally, it was not yet. And then I left. Hmm. That was the answer. Yeah. We've had similar trajectories. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's, you know, I, I think you get to a point where... And I think working in media in New York as well. 100%. Ambitious women working in the, in, the, in the world of media in New York City. It's uh, sink or swim. Yeah. I always say I want to find the wooden lifeboat, you know, the Titanic. I don't want to be in one of the extra lifeboats. I want to be in the wooden lifeboat. Mm. <laughs> yeah. We'll talk about a so money moment. 
What's something that you're really proud of? In addition to, of course, launching this business and earning as well as you have, what's another financial snippet of your life that you're really proud of and you want to share? Um, this is the first year for me where I, so, you know, when you work for yourself, you have to take care of taxes and healthcare and all that very annoying, but good stuff. Um, so this, I had to save money for my taxes and I saved double. So what I did was I used it as like a forced savings account. And this is the first year that I'm like closing out the year, um, with like, a a significant amount of money saved. Um, and I am so proud of myself and like, I pay my credit cards now, like a hundred percent, like the bill comes and I pay it. Um, and that was never me. I was always the, a little bit extra, the minimum so that I can, you know, kind of get away with it. Um, but yeah, having a savings account really makes a big difference. You wouldn't think about it, but it does. Um, and that was my biggest fear was that I was going to get to this, you know, freelancing lifestyle. Cause essentially that's what it is. I have a company and I have employees and people that I work with. Um, but you know, for me, it was more, I have contractors mostly, but it was more of the fact that I wanted to be secure. So I didn't know if I would be able like going from getting paid twice a week or even weekly in some cases to getting paid, you know, kind of sporadically. Some people pay you at the beginning of the month. Some people pay at the end. Um, I was afraid. I, I wasn't sure that I would be able to manage my money. And now being on the other side of that six months in, um, I am. And and that was a so money moment. It was like, I knew that I wanted to save money. I knew that I wanted to pay down some debt this year. And I did all the things that I wanted to. So going into 2016, I was focused on new goals. Um, and a lot of those new goals are money oriented, but not money obsessed. I think that is the, that's the tagline. I'm no longer money obsessed, but more money focused. And with your savings, how long could you go without having to get another paycheck? Two months. That's good. Yeah, almost there. I it know. could be better. It, <laughs> it could, could be better. Be better. <laughs> it could always be better. Um, you know, I feel like I definitely think it could be better. There are some things that I wanted to get rid of as far as student loans go. And, you know, I, I came out of school with quite a bit of debt, like $80,000 worth of student loan debt. Um, and now I'm down, I graduated school in 2010. So I am down to 60,000, wow. which is pretty good. My parents did help with some. Um, I won't say that that's just me, but you know, I was able to refinance and, and that makes a big difference. You don't realize, um, but a tip, and I'm sure you've given this tip out. I had a better chance refinancing once I made a good salary versus refinancing when I first came out of school because I tried and it didn't work. Mm. Um, but then when I just refinanced last year, when I was making my, you know, my really great salary, um, I was very lucky to do that. That's a good tip. Yeah. Sometimes you want to refinance. If you don't get refined, if you're not able to refinance right away, wait, make some more money and revisit. Yes. I remember the other question you asked me too about outsourcing. Do you want to go back? Yes. To Okay. (laughs) Um, So some of the things that I outsource is like scheduling um, or like video. I do video editing. I do video production, the whole nine. But sometimes, you know, it's easier to produce a video and then have somebody else edit it. Um, And what's funny is that 
you know, I have a whole team of like carefully curated people that I work with because along the way I picked up the best of the best. Um, and in the beginning, when I built the company, I was like, well, I'm going to do it all. I'm just going to do everything. I don't need any help. I'm going to do all the invoicing. I'm going to do everything and wear every hat. Um, and then you get burned out really fast. I'm not, I'm, I'm not that good at, at bookkeeping, but when you do business, like it's your money now. So I think a lot of your tips help me keep that, you know, help me outsource that, but still have the conversations I needed to have as far as, you know, like I went to my accountant because normally I would do it online. And this year when I went to an accountant, I was like, wow, I actually know how to have these conversations. <laughs> um, so that was, you know, that was another moment where you're like, okay, so you have to outsource it because you can't do your taxes anymore, but you can still be involved in the process. And I think that's kind of the growing pain of being a millennial entrepreneur is that, you know, we're so used to wearing so many hats and I'm sure you feel this way too, but you have to at some point say, okay, I can't do everything, um, but I can find amazing people. And that's why I'm an entrepreneur. Yes. And you know what you want so you can yep. find the right people. Hiring is really important. It's worth taking the time, even if you can't find someone right away, just to wait on it because <laughs> firing is even harder. Yes, I agree. <laughs> Let's talk about habits. A financial okay. habit that you've incorporated, maybe something that I taught you all those years ago, or maybe something new that you're in, adopting that you really love to do that helps you with your money. Uh, I hide money from myself. <laughs> um, literally, I, like you, hi how do you hide it? Literally. So years ago, when I was like really, you know, just starting out, I would freeze my credit cards in a plastic bag in a red solo cup because then it wouldn't get ruined if you needed to use it. But in the time that it took to defrost, you know, you would make a better financial decision. Um, of course, now it's hard to do that with, you know, auto saves. Um, but what I do is I don't, you know, if I spend cash, like I take cash out and I put a certain amount, like $200 in a, in a jar in my apartment. Um, and that's money, like mad money. That's like, if I'm going to go out or if I forgot that I had money, I just stick it there. Um, and then if I get fives, cause I use fives to pay for cabs, um, I put them like in a separate section of my wallet. And it's really just about like regulating and remembering where you put it, because if you forget it, that kind of sucks. Um, but you know, you, if you structure it, that way, then, you know, okay, you know, you took out 200 or, you know, you took out 500 and then, you know, when you spend it, cash is the best way to regulate your money. And that's like one of my new things is like, if I don't take the cash out, I won't spend the money. Like I don't use my, I try not to use my cards as much. Um, but I also have to keep things separate for the business. And that's like a whole other experience. Mm. Um, but it makes it, it makes it a lot easier. Like I'm very, I know what my monthly expenses are. I try to keep everything every month. I try to go through and see like what tools or auto debits I don't need anymore and that kind of stuff. Cause that could really um, screw you up. And I you feel like that's do. one yeah, of your You've got to do that like every month because yeah. I'll go to the airport and sign up for Boingo. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> and I'll think that I just signed up for them for that day, but like I signed up somehow for auto renewal and yes. I'm paying Boingo $9.99 every month. Trust me. It's not fun when you find out six months later. No. They're pretty good about taking it off your bill, though. 
Yeah, definitely. Um, it's, and you just have to make sure that you're, you know, being connected. Like I used to check my bank account every day because I was always worried. But now I check it like every, you know, I reconcile more so. Mm-hmm. I don't actually have a checkbook because that would be too much. I try to keep a paperless situation. Um, but yeah, I think that that's, that's one of the tips is like to know how much money you spend. The other weird thing that I did and still do, I'm trying to let go of, um, is that I would have a calendar in my Google calendar called Bills. And, and then also money spent. So every time I spent money, I would, I would put it in that calendar. So if I went to, you know, if I went out to dinner and it was 69.35, I would put $70 dinner. Um, and that helped me really understand how much I was actually spending every month versus what I said I was spending. I love Um, it. Yeah, I still I do it, and everyone, you know, my accountant is like, "Are you have you lost your mind? Are you a little?" No, but yeah, I think it can be a nice, interesting exercise for a week. Yes, for a month, just to start to learn your habits. We have so much money that we spend, and we don't even realize how we're doing it. Right, and this really makes it tangible and eye opening. I mean, I sometimes you all you have to do too is just go to your American Express or your, you know, whatever credit card you use, and look at the bills for the month and use it, look at, look at the categories and you'll be like, Oh my God, I spent 40% of my spending on food last month. That's crazy. And sometimes just knowing when you're crazy is helpful because it'll prevent you from being crazy again, or at least for the next month. And you can, you know, control your behavior. So I think that's maybe not something that you would do all the time, but I think here and there, it's a nice slap in the face. <laughs> Definitely. No, it's a good check-in. It is. It really is. Because you could say you took out $200, but then think about how many times you swipe your debit card. You know what I mean? Like, right. yeah, I spent $200 this week plus all these other charges. Right. Because there's so many things that I have on my account that are just automatically getting paid. So, yep. but this, at least, you know, this is like the, the, the extras that you're paying for that maybe you don't need to be buying. Yep. Definitely. All right. Let's do some so many fill in the blanks. This is when I start a sentence and you finish it. Okay. First thing that comes to mind. If I won the lottery tomorrow, let's say a hundred million bucks, the first thing I would do is buy an apartment. Yeah. In New York, you think you'd stay? Uh-huh. Oh my gosh, a hundred percent. Yep. When I splurge, I like to buy blank because extra soul cycle classes because they make me happy. <laughs> Are you one of those uh fanatics that goes, you have like the same teacher, you got to, my assistant does soul cycle and she sometimes has to get on, you know, cause I guess every, there's a certain time of week at noon when they update the schedule and you have to be online five minutes before so you can get the class that you want, the time you want, the seat you want. Oh my gosh. Yes. Monday at noon is blocked in my calendar because I have to go. It makes me creative. (laughs) Wow. Okay. When I donate, I like to give to blank because? I like to give to my high school because they help change the lives of young women. How how so? So I went to an all-girls Catholic high school on Staten Island, um, and I like to give to their fund because I think it's important for young women to know that you can be pretty and smart, and that's something that I learned at Hill. I learned to use my voice um, and not just, you know, hide behind, oh, okay. Like, I've, I've never been a, a quiet woman, um, and I am very thankful for that, and giving them the money allows them to have programs like lectures and panels and really awesome stuff. Like, they get to, the kids get to do such cool things. And there's also scholarships. So, you know, I was lucky. My parents 
parents made the money for me to go, but some people can't. So I, I hope that someday I can actually like provide a full four years of tuition for one lucky girl. Mm. It's not, you don't often hear that I went to private Catholic school, all girls school, and that's where I learned to develop my strong voice. I know that, but you know, Hill is- I think it's great. It's a special place. Like, I, I mean, you know, I go back every year around Thanksgiving and there's one of my, one of the girls I graduated with is an assistant district attorney in Manhattan. Um, you know, we have lawyers, we have doctors, we have women who are, most of the women who were talked this year were entrepreneurs. Um, so it's just an incredible network of people. And I am so- blessed. And then I really, you know, you got to take a few years away from there to realize how thankful you are for having gone there. <laughs> how about this? Uh, gosh, how do I want to say this? Uh, this is the question that always, I, I, I'm doing it off my, my verbatim or my, mm-hmm. off my memory. So um, one thing that makes my life easier or better is I think it makes it really easier. That better. I spend on. You, you, you spend oh, on this. Yeah. Is my cleaning lady. <laughs> Can we – how about something else? I get cleaning lady all the time. I'm going to write a book called The One Thing and it's going to be about how spending money on your cleaning lady is like the best money ever spent. But um, – No. I mean the it makes my life better because I spend money on it. Let me think. Um Tech devices. For me, honestly, buying new technology lets me make more money. So I bought a camera for $1,000 and I went out with the intention of, okay, I'm going to get more video work. I got a retainer for video work. So again, that's all about manifesting and that's a whole nother story. But spending money, putting money into your business, into your brand can ultimately make you more money. Yes. Yes. When, when I believe that, you know, um, especially if this wasn't an impulse purchase, like you actually thought it out, this is actually going, your camera helps your business, your, your, it gets you out there more. And even if just one person sees a video that you're in and goes, I want to hire her, you right. know what? You've made your money back and then some. Exactly. It's a scary thing to make that big of a purchase, especially in the beginning. I try to run lean, but at the end of the day, you know, you can't, you can only run so lean and grow so much. Right. Right. Okay. When I was growing up, the one thing I wish I had learned about money is? It's important to save money. um, And saving money doesn't make you, doesn't make you less than. Or boring. Or boring. Yes. Boring is a good way to put it. (laughs) Party pooper. Yes. (laughs) Uh, These are some new fill in the blanks for 2016. Thanks to my trusted listeners. They want to know, uh, your number one mentor right now in your life, or I guess someone that you um, admire that you may not even may not have even met this person, but you really ad- admire them and they help you with your own goals. I love Marie Forleo. Um, my my five. So again, I always say pick five people. My five are Marie Forleo, Oprah, um, you because I think you do a great job, um, and then I do Cosmopolitan magazine because I think they do a great job in branding, um, and then you know um, Elite Daily because I think they also do a great job. So oh, you know Marie wow. Forleo is, and I've never met her, Marie Forleo or Oprah. Well, I've been in the same room with Oprah, but I've never actually. <gasps> you have? Yes, I have. <laughs> Uh, I actually tweeted 
that day I was like on Twitter uh, when she came to live and it was a surprise. I almost died. I, I had to change my clothes because I had I was sweating. I used to keep a stress sweat outfit there because um, you never know who you're going to meet. I met Carrie Bradshaw. Like Sarah Jessica Parker is another one of my big mentors. She's I think she's a smart businesswoman, but I also think she's just like a good she's branded well. I, and I don't necessarily know if that's her or her people, um, but they do a good job, whoever that team is. <laughs> Okay, but Oprah. Oprah, yeah. So she was on live. Um, it was a surprise, actually, because it it was after the Halloween. Michael Strahan had, like, imitated her for Halloween. Um, he was dressed in drag. It was It's one of the best skits. You can totally find it on YouTube. So she came to, like, surprise them and, like, kind of talk to him about his interpretation of her. Uh, and, and they were just sitting there waiting for the guests to come out. And like, of course, all the producers knew. So I'm standing next to the main camera getting ready to like get the photo of Oprah. So I get the photo of her. Um, of course, everybody's going crazy. I'm like trying to think of the right way to tweet it. And then I tweeted it and I was like, I just tweeted a picture of Oprah. That was like pretty much the best day of work ever. Oh my God, I would have been so nervous. <laughs> I'd be like, I have, you have one job for Anoush, one job. Just take the photo. Focus, focus, focus. Yeah, that was because, of course, I was like, what if she doesn't like the photo? I was like, what that's if all she I like need. my outfit? What if she? <laughs> yeah, no, that's amazing. That's such a great, great story. And I, I can't believe I'm in that company, Oprah and Marie yeah. Forleo and Cosmo. And Elite Daily, by the way, we actually had the founder or one of the founders of Elite Daily on the show, Gerard Adams. They sold that business for a lot of money. Yes. Well, it's a brilliant content play. It really is. They do a great job. I mean, you know, I blog, they don't pay their writers. So that's kind of how they made so much money, which is fine. I understand that, that, you know, you want to do that. Um, I'm not that kind of business. Like anybody who writes for me or doesn't, I always pay them because I think, you know, I made money at Time Inc. as an intern and I think that's really important. Um, but writing for them really does increase your, your credibility. Um, and it's good for your search. Like I, I, I got a boost when I used to write for them a lot. I wrote about four or five pieces for them. Well, let's uh, let's wrap this on, a, on an even higher note, Vix. You've been such a great guest and more importantly, fun to catch up with you and learn all about your the last eight years. And I bet if we did this again in another eight years, uh, you know, you might be you might be my boss. I don't know. <laughs> um, who knows? I would love it. So tell me this. I'm Victoria Raytano Vix. I'm so money because. I'm Victoria Raytano. I'm Vix Raytano. And I'm so money because money lets me do everything that I want to do. And success is spending time with the people you want to be with doing the things you love. And you know how to make the money, which I love seeing women who know how to make the money. Thank you so much for being on the show. And tell us, what's your favorite social media right now? Where, where should we best find you? Oh, my favorite where you can find me doing everything is at Vix in the City on uh, Instagram. That's really what I'm oh focused on these days. All right. You're inspiring me to get on Thank there you. and put some more photos. <laughs> Thank you so much. Have a great week. You too. Thank you. That's a wrap. If you'd like to learn more about Vix, her website is creativevixmedia.com and dominateddigitalmedia.com. She's also on Twitter and Instagram at Vix in the City. I like that. For those links, if you couldn't spell them uh, or to check out anything that you missed from this episode and all previous episodes, whether it was the audio or the transcript, head on over to somoneypodcast.com where you can click on Ask Farnoosh while you're there too and send me your question for the Friday episodes. Every Friday, we dedicate the show to answering your questions. And that's a wrap. 
if you want to wish me happy birthday, here's what you can do. Go to iTunes and leave me a review for the show because I think that uh, all those reviews are helping. We got number one in business news last week. It was an incredible week for us. Sometimes a little rainbow appears in this podcast land and it makes every day before that so worth it. Thanks again for tuning in and I can't wait for you to come back tomorrow and see who else is in store for Millennial Week. In the meantime, I hope your day is so money.